Hi, and welcome to The Boovie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Boovie Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Boovie Girls to uh, get some bonus content, including our movie serials, which we promise we will be starting um, behind our eyes soon. 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 <laughs> just, I promise. Life has gotten in the way, but it will be soon. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm going to try not to vomit during this um, episode because I just got my second vaccine. Oh, yeah. So we don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> it's either going to be Vomit City or she'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> flip of a coin really <laughs> and this week we are covering the girl on the train uh i have titled this uh the girl who dates all the wrong guys <laughs> story of my life so it's yes. my autobiography actually basically basically i did see in one of the reviews it was titled drunk girl on the train and i was like that was pretty funny but i, I went with this instead all right so the book was originally published january 6th 2015 and it's written by paula hawkins it has a goodreads rating of 3.93 out of 5 and it's 323 pages and you gave it a what four star on your i did so we'll talk about this but i did guess the ending i did i guessed the plot twist but for me the book was good enough that it still warranted the four star (laughs) Uh, the movie came out in 2016 so just a year after the book was published uh it's rated r obviously it's a crime mystery drama an hour and 52 minutes and it's directed by tate taylor who directed the help which seems wildly different than this than this movie but um but yeah but i like him i like his style yeah for sure Uh, So the IMDb synopsis reads, a divorcee becomes entangled in a missing person's investigation that promises to send shockwaves throughout her life. That's extremely vague. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's what you need for a mystery. So some fun facts. The novel debuted in the number one spot on the New York Times fiction bestseller of 2015 list for print and ebook. Um, And it remained on that top position for 13 consecutive weeks. So I feel like that's pretty good. Um, Less than two months after its release, the novel had sold over 1 million copies. Again, pretty impressive. I think it's one of those where it's probably super hyped up as it was like being released. It's currently at every Goodwill you go into. 100%, (laughs) yes. Um, The book also won the 2015 Goodreads Choice Award in the category for mystery and thriller. It won the 2016 Audio Award for Audiobook of the Year, which I didn't listen to on audiobook. Um, but I feel like for the most part, like mystery thrillers would work well in audio. Yeah. Format. It's more like podcasts. It's got to be. Yeah. Like feel, true feel crime like, almost. Yeah. Um, yet again, this book and movie has been uh, um, compared to Gone Girl because it does yeah. have those uh, unreliable narrators. Uh, however, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, the author, Paula, um, said basically is quoted as saying, Amy Dunn is a psychopath. Amy Dunn from mm-hmm. uh, Gone Girl. Yes. An incredibly controlling and manipulative, smart, cunning woman. Rachel, who's in this book, is just a mess who can't do anything. Right, pretty much. <laughs> so, or anything right, I should say. So, I like that she kind of compared, like, or really contrasted yeah. how different they are, really, from I mean, like, each other. Other than it's kind of a suburban mystery, yeah. it's not really all, it's not the same. I feel like whatever book that comes in the future with those unreliable narrators right. is always going to be, conf- or not confused, but yeah. compared to Gone Girl. Right. <laughs> Uh, so the so the movie 
only has a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. I will say I think the Rotten Tomato judges are a little bit harsher sometimes <laughs> because we rented this movie on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and it had 7,500 reviews and it has four and a half stars. Interesting. So I don't know. I feel like we're more of like the normal people are from the Amazon reviewers. Yeah. And I almost feel like, like to your point, I feel like reviewers for the most part if they don't like a movie that right. or a book or whatever they'll they'll purposely review and i feel like that's the go-to place is rotten tomatoes yeah everybody bases their you know opinions yeah. on rotten tomatoes so i don't think for i think 44 percent is pretty low yeah. for for this in my opinion uh the budget was 45 million and it grossed 173 million worldwide i don't even remember this coming out in theaters like i don't remember hearing anything about I this think vaguely like, I didn't see this movie when it first came yeah. out, but I probably saw a preview or something for it. Uh, so a couple of fun facts about the movie. Uh, as you know, if you've read the book, the book is completely based in England. Mm-hmm. And it's referenced quite a bit that it's in England. Uh, in the movie, they changed it to New York, which they don't even really reference it a whole lot no. of being in New, in New York. Um, they still have Emily Blunt, who plays the main character, Rachel, use her British accent which I thought was kind of weird <laughs> at that point too. So not sure. I felt like they kind of still wanted to keep it somewhat with London. I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird how she kept her accent. I did too. And there's so many like um, British uh, terminology that's used in the yeah. book. Um, so I feel like we kind of lost that vibe in the movie. Uh, I don't think the setting necessarily no. matters, but it would have been nice to just keep it that way. Right. And Emily Blunt actually does a really good job of not using her English accent, like oh, really? her, her American accent, I think is fine. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. There's a bunch of audio um, commentary throughout the DVD that you can watch as well. And one of the things that they they talked about is how the psychiatrist's house in the movie is an actual Frank Lloyd Wright house in New York. Oh, that's which cool. I was really cool, which I didn't even you know pick up on when I was I mean, watching the movie, but I thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. But yeah, so there. I mean, we'll go through the characters where there's a couple more facts, but there wasn't too much background on this movie. Yeah. So like I previously just said, uh, Emily Blunt plays Rachel, who's the main character in this in this movie, in this story. She is the ex-wife of, of this guy. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> our main character. Yeah, she's our main character. Um, obviously, we know her from The Devil Wears Prada. She's in uh, A Quiet Place, the first and second one. And she's going to be in the upcoming Jungle Cruise movie that Disney's putting out, oh. which seems kind of fun. Do you like that ride? No, I hate that. Well, I like the ride like once every five years. I think it depends who your like Some people conductor love it. is. Yeah. If they're funny, it's fun. If not, it's not. Right. <laughs> and there's always a really long line for it. Yeah. So it seems not worth it to me. But anyways, I bet the movie I bet the movie has like a Jumanji type feel to it, <laughs> if I had to guess. Um during the movie, Emily Blunt and had to wear bloodshot contacts um in order to make her scene in her scenes where she's drunk more like mm-hmm. inebriated. Um, she also wore prosthetics in her cheeks to make her a little bit more plumper because that was one of the things that we were talking about offline about how in the book, they talk about how Rachel's like a mess, mm-hmm. like she's overweight. And I'm like, Emily Blunt is opposite of right. that. I do think they do a good job of, I guess, frumping up Emily Blunt (laughs) to the best you can. But Emily Blunt, you frump her up. She's still Emily Blunt. True. I do think they did a good job. Um, She, she just looks like a mess, like a hot mess, which is what you want. So I guess good job for them. Uh, But one thing that did help her um, while she was on this role look a little bit, again, frumpier is that she ended up 
being pregnant while she was filming ah. this um and that she really like didn't she was in the very beginning of of her pregnancy during this film uh but she didn't tell anyone she didn't tell the cast or crew the only person that she ended up telling was um one of her co-stars justin thoreau um she didn't even tell the director and the only re- when the only reason he found out about it is because she does a shower scene during Mm -hmm. this and he could see a bump and it had asked her about it so um but the funny part about all that though is that she was going through this pregnancy the whole time her character rachel one of her main things throughout this book is that she's infertile right so it's the irony (laughs) yeah right um but we do know that obviously emily blunt is married to john krasinski and they have two kids which they're I love adorable. him and I love them together. Um, they actually thought that Michelle Williams was going to play this role. Oh, I would have hated that. Which I can't see. Yeah. So I liked Emily Blunt in it. I didn't, I think it was a little bit visually not what I expected, mm-hmm. but I mean, I really like Emily Blunt. So yeah, I think she did well with what she was given really. Yeah. Uh, so Megan, Megan is the woman who ends up going missing in the, in the film. Um, is played by Haley Bennett. Um, we know her from the devil all the time that we did the movie with Tom oh. Holland. She was in that movie. She's also in, um, the show, uh, hillbilly El- elegy, El- elegy, the one that's on Netflix. I've never heard um, of that. Yeah, it, like, it was uh, just nominated for a bunch of Oscars, too. So it's on our list. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> she's course. also in um, The Magnificent Seven, and she is in Marley and Me, which we will never cover. So if that's what you're waiting for, keep waiting. Hannah <laughs> <laughs> uh, has refused to do any books that have sad endings for dogs. No. She uh, did, failed to mention this to me before I bought The Art of Racing in the Rain, mm, yeah. and now I own it, and we will never do it, apparently. She spent $2 at the Goodwill on it. Don't Listen. feel bad for her. <laughs> <laughs> she's fine uh kate morrow was also well she was actually attached to this role um to play this but um ended up dropping out at the last minute mm, so Haley see that Bennett. i would have liked actually i i would have liked that for rachel yeah mm. yeah because i really like her i like the mara sisters in general yeah so but i thought Haley did fine with it for yeah. one i thought um i don't know I, I guess when i was reading the book i felt like the megan character wasn't so homely i guess if that's if that's the right word to say they really kind of dull her down she felt film too young to me in the movie almost yeah like she i don't know if it's just like the face she has she feels much more like babyish face um so i didn't really get that yeah she didn't do much for me in this film so uh anna who is the new wife of rachel's ex-husband is played by rebecca ferguson do you know where we know her from? No. She's Rose the Hat from Dr. Sleep. Ah. Yeah, she's she totally look, different. She looks totally she, different. She, like, you can kind of see it now that you yeah. mention it. Yeah. Um, she's also in Mission Impossible Fallout, and she's going to be in the uh, new Mission, Impo- <laughs> Mission Impossible 7 and 8 that's coming up. Are, are those with Tom Cruise, too? I'm assuming so. Good God. I, I have never seen one. I don't plan on seeing one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to how you don't like to do um, books about dogs with sad endings, I don't want to do a top Tom Cruise movie. So, well, we will do our best to make that happen <laughs> for you. Uh, I, I mean, I actually really like I like her in general, mm-hmm. um, and I thought she was fine for this character. For yeah, I mean, but of the three of them, she definitely has the smaller of the roles, mm-hmm. even in the book. Um, but I do think she did a good job. She has my favorite moment of of this movie, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could probably guess what that is. Uh, So Scott in the movie is married to Megan. So he is, they are the neighbors of Rachel's ex-husband and his new wife. Um, Is played by the beautiful 
Luke Evans, <laughs> also known as Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Um, he's also in the funny movie uh, Murder Mystery on Netflix with Adam Sandler and Jennifer An- oh, Aniston. Yeah. Um, he was in uh, Fast and Furious 6 and 7. He was in The Hobbit. And he's going to be in the upcoming Nine Perfect Strangers um, show that's coming out. Which so, we will be Which covering. we will be covering. Um, and actually, Jared Leto was supposed to play this role in this movie, um, but ended up dropping out, which I thought was funny because I was like, this is... You know, at this point in Jared Leto's career, he's more of a leading man. This is not a leading character. That's and fair. especially Scott got written out or quite a bit in the movie than what he mm-hmm. wasn't. He had a bigger role in the book. I do love Jared Leto, but I, I agree. Know. I think he's much more leading man, much less kind of side character. Yeah, but I mean, give me Luke Evans as a replacement <laughs> any day, please. Loved him. Uh, So Tom, who is Rachel's ex-wife and Anna's current husband, is played by Justin Thoreau, um, who is... I get is he still separated technically from Jennifer Aniston? I'm pretty sure they're yeah. Because I looked no on more. his IMDB and it says that they're still married. Really? And that they're separated. So yeah. I don't know if that's just not updated or what. But Who knows? um he was in American Psycho. He's on the TV show uh District. Something I thought was funny is that uh Chris Evans was actually supposed to play this role. Oh gosh. Which I'm so happy they didn't because it would have yeah. ruined like you, you can't ruin Chris Evans for me, right. but I can't picture him in this role. No, he He's, he's he's happy. We, we don't need a love Chris. We, Evans. we don't need a bad character for Chris Evans. Yeah, there ended up being some like scheduling conflict with it. Great. Um, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Justin Thoreau was fine. Yeah, the, the boys in this or the men in this movie and book are I don't care interchangeable. For. Yeah, <laughs> the girls are really like the main yes. the main story behind all this. Uh, speaking of another guy, uh, Doctor Kamal Abdik is Megan and sort of Rachel's therapist mm-hmm. in this in this um uh story played by Edgar Ramirez. He's Venezuelan. Uh he is in uh the movie Yesterday uh and he was also in the series The Undoing um on HBO that everyone everybody watched with um Hugh Grant and right. what's her face? Um, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? No. Is it good? Um I hated the ending. Okay. I really hated. Really, the everyone was like so shocked by the ending. No, I hated the ending. <laughs> uh, the the thing about the undoing is not to give it away, but like it was almost like I guessed guessed the ending, mm-hmm. and I but I was like, there's no way, there's got to be a twist, and then there was no twist. It just ended so it was just the like a it, lackluster ending. Yeah, I was oh. like, oh, so that is what happened. Type Weird. thing. So, but people liked it. Um, he's also going to be in the upcoming Jungle Cruise mo- movie as well. <laughs> so. Um, in the fine. book, I think, isn't he supposed to be like Syrian or some sort of Middle Eastern? Yeah. Yeah, because then the name would lend itself to that. But then he's like speaking Spanish in the movie, and I was like... And he's Venezuelan in real yeah. life. <laughs> I was a little confused Yeah, they changed... We'll talk about it here in a little bit. They kind of changed his character involvement mm. a little bit in, in the movie. Um, but I mean, I thought he was fine. Yeah. He's <laughs> he, pretty good looking, too. Yeah. He looks like a therapist. Whatever a therapist is supposed to look like. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm bought not it. sure about that. I bought it. Uh, the next character is Kathy. Kathy is Rachel's roommate that she knows from college. Um, is played by Laura. Is it Prep Prepon or is it Prepon? I think it's Prepon. Prepon. Um, love her. Obviously, she's from all 205 episodes of that 70s show. Did you look that up or did you know that? It was 
why would I know that? <laughs> I don't know. No. I, I don't know if you're a big fan of that summer no. show. Um, and then she's obviously in Orange is the New Black as well. Uh, I was very, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised when she showed up in this movie. But Same. I mean, it wasn't a huge character, but you know, Again, she's notable. One of those where they kind of dull, not dulled down, but like removed a lot of her character in the movie right the book. uh next character just oh again not a huge character uh detective riley is played by allison janney who mm-hmm. we love we know her from the help juno hairspray and she's on the sh- uh, tv show uh mom with anna ferris uh i love her i, I think too. she's so great uh again they didn't even there's a lot of back and forth between the detective and the other detective in the book that we don't get a, pretty much at all in the movie. Well, we don't even get the other detective in yeah. the movie. Which so. is the one that Rachel likes. Right. He's like <laughs> so. the main one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, I have to talk about Martha. Yeah. Because Martha gets a lot more in the movie because it's played <laughs> by Lisa Kudrow. So you got to give her a few more lines. Um, obviously, we know her as Phoebe from Friends. Um, just a funny side note. So Lisa Kudrow, obviously... Um, you know, was co-stars with Jennifer Aniston for so long. Jennifer Aniston was married to Justin Thoreau or is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lisa Kudrow and Justin Thoreau were also in a movie in 1997 called Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. He's in that? Yeah, but they've never had any scenes together in either movie. Oh, interesting. So, which I, th- well, actually they were, they were very briefly in this movie, but they, they're not like yeah. super tight in any of those movies. That's interesting because I'm pretty sure the three women from Friends are, like, really close in real life. Yeah. So I'm curious if they have any sort of relationship in real life. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's it for the characters. I mean, that's most of them, actually. Yeah. From the whole story. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Time for Who Said It. Your first quote is, None of this is like me. I don't get rejected. I'm the one who walks away. Megan? Yes. Yes. Good job. Next one. I'm not sure that sounds like a very real kind of happiness. Not the sort of happiness that can endure, that can sustain you. Hmm. Dr. Abdick. Yes. Yes. Mr. Kamal. Kamal. (laughs) Um, Next one. I've never understood how people can blithely disregard the damage they do by following their hearts. Rachel. Yeah. Yes. Nice. All right. Next one. People you have a history with, they won't let you go. And as hard as you might try, you can't disentangle yourself can't set yourself free maybe after a while you just stop trying this quote hit real hard real hard real hard Uh, is that rachel again no no it's anna uh yeah last one i'm sorry your life is a total effing disaster but believe me it's a picnic compared to mine Mm. scott yes yes (laughs) pretty good odds all right so for f mary kill like we said the the men aren't really key in this book and movie so we're giving you i'm giving you the three women so your options are rachel megan and anna i was really hoping you were going to give me scott no (laughs) (laughs) um that would be too easy (laughs) i will (sighs) do you want me to base it off the book or the movie because their characters are a little different in each one uh, I usually go based off of the book, but feel free to go based off of whichever okay. you prefer. I'm going to kill Anna then, because I really don't like Anna in the book. Okay. Anna drives me nuts in the nuts in the book. Uh, and then I will... I will marry Rachel, because she seems loyal, if nothing else, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll ride the train with Megan. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to marry Megan. Okay. Um, I feel like because of the whole mystery around her, she doesn't really get her day in the, in the, you know, sunlight. Like all she wanted was to just like have a normal life. And unfortunately things that have happened to her in the past. I mean, she cheats her. on her husband, but that's fine. <sighs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, and then I will, I'll probably, what did you say? Take a ride on the train. Just ride the train. Ride the train. I'll ride the train with Rachel because clearly she knows where she's going. She's on that train yeah. pretty often. And I'll also kill Anna because, yeah. again, she wasn't really key yeah. necessarily. No. But anyway. So the movie, again, well, the movie, like, at the beginning started breaking it down for me, like, how I like, like, it, just, <laughs> and then it just stops. Yeah. It was really like, weird. Like, it was flashing between each woman and then it just stopped. Yeah. So the movie opens up with it from Rachel's perspective and she's on the train and she's looking at all the houses going by. And um, it's so funny because I'm like, it, it, the train looks very far away from these houses. Right. In the movie. And I'm like, there's no way you can see into these houses. <laughs> Because the whole concept is that she drives or she, you know, rides the train past these houses and she can see inside and she can see the people inside them. There's no way she could see them from where this train is. No, not at all. And I I mean, I feel like if you're going to do it in the movie, do it in a way where it does look close. Right. It's very bizarre. (laughs) But But anyways, um, but we see we get introduced to house number 15. um, And there's a woman on the patio. And we see Rachel drawing all these pictures in the book. There's no picture drawing in the book. She's definitely not an artist in the book. No. (laughs) And like she it comes up a lot. We see it a lot in the movie, which is, again, not in the book at all. And then we get to house number 13 and we find out that this is the house that Rachel used to live in. Um, but now there's a woman who's living in, in that house. That's not Rachel. And she's up and upstairs in the window with a baby. Um, and then we, this is also where we find out that Rachel has a major drinking problem, mm-hmm. like really bad drinking. problem. <laughs> uh, so now we flash to Megan six months ago and we see her in her Pilates class And she just, like, really is not happy in her life. And I'm like, look, if I can just go to Pilates every day, (laughs) sign me up. Um, But she's in therapy, and um, she's talking to um, Kamal about her ex-boyfriend, Mac. And Mac used to be her brother's best friend, which I can't remember. Mac was not her brother's best friend. She just, I think, just met him randomly because she left home because her brother passed away and it was, like, too tough for her. Right. So when she left, then she, like, came upon Mac. So, like, Mac and her brother were never connected. Right. And we don't really find out a whole lot about Mac until, like, a little bit later on in the book. She opens up very quickly (laughs) in the movie. Um, But, yeah, we find out that her brother passed away. And then after that, her and Mac went to go live in this cabin, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, And then we also find out that she is nannying for the house down the street. Come to find out it's for Scott and Anna, Rachel's Mm ex-husband. So now we flash to Anna in present day and she's bathing the baby and we see Megan there, you know, helping being the nanny. Um, it is very awkward. I used to nanny for a family where 50% of the time the mom was there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's very awkward. I feel like that doesn't allow you to like, I know you're not the kid's mom. Right. But like you have your own way of doing things and mm-hmm. the mom probably has their own way. So right. like you feel like half the time you're technically their mom and then the right. other half you're not. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I hated it when she was there. Not that I didn't like her, but it's yeah. it's it's hard. So they, you know, they bring that up in the book. She mentions that in the book, like 
why am I here if you're here type right. thing. Um, but <laughs> she ends up telling she ends up telling Anna that she's quitting because she got a new job. We miss a lot of the inner dialogue that we get in the book because in the book, we find out that that's not true at all. Yeah. She just wants out. Yeah. She's like, no, thank you. (laughs) She's like, I need to come up with an excuse to get out. Right. Um, and that's pretty much like all we get for like the different women. (laughs) Like that's when they stop breaking it down. Then we get a flashback of Anna waking up in her house and finding Rachel holding the baby in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And we're not exactly sure what's going on. Um, But then we see that Anna is now talking to Tom, you know, her husband, about Rachel calling so much. Because he's like, you know, your ex-wife Rachel keeps calling all the time. She's really bugging us. Like, you need to talk to her about this and just, like, stop. Uh, But the next thing we see, we actually do see Rachel drunk dialing Tom. Mm -hmm. And like the good friend she is, Kathy is like, stop calling. <laughs> like put the phone down. She pours out the wine. And you know, this is where we kind of find out that, you know, Rachel used to be married to Tom and evidently Rachel's not ready to like, let it go. Right. And it was not a good, not a good, um, scenario yeah. or situation. Also, Kathy is much more understanding in the movie. Oh yeah. Like in the book, she's like, get your shit together or like leave. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> because they, in the book we get the, we get the idea of like, they were kind of friends in college, mm-hmm. but not really. And like at this point in life, like Kathy had an extra room right. and it's not like they're really that close. So, and, and Kathy has her own life going on. Right. Like Kathy out of all these women have, her crap together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but we do get a flashback of when Tom and Rachel were still married and, um, they were trying IVF to have a baby and it didn't work. So we kind of, you know, come to the assumption that that's probably one of the things that ruined their marriage. So now we see Rachel on the train and she keeps seeing this, this guy on the train who has like red hair and, it's so weird. They do. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but like they kind of like change this. There's no point for this guy really no. at all in, in either story, yeah. but then they even change him between the book <laughs> and the movie. So there's this guy on the train that kind of keeps looking at her. Like he knows her or knows something about her. Um, and I think he's just more there in the movie to like, maybe throw us off our trail. Kind of. I, and I, I feel know. like he was kind of like that for the book too. Cause yeah. she keeps like talking about this, you know, male figure that she keeps seeing in these flashes, but yeah. isn't sure who it is. Right. So at this point in the movie, Rachel is on the train and she's going past the houses she sees every day. And she sees Megan on her patio with a guy who is not her husband. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that we miss in the movie is in the book, Rachel makes up names for these people because she doesn't know who they are. Yeah. But she has this like fantasy, like, imagination about what their story is Mm -hmm. and like how in love they are. And she really like projects her like sadness onto this couple who seem really, really happy. So she is like shocked when she sees him, her cheating on her husband. And she basically, and so this is where she pours, you know, vodka straight into a water bottle and just shooting straight vodka not gin and tonics like it's in the book. <laughs> right. Have you ever had a gin and tonic? Um, no, I prefer not. No, it's like <laughs> pine salt in a I glass. Bet. It's not good. Uh, but we get a flashback of when Rachel had found some emails that Tom had written to Anna when he was cheating on Rachel. And so it really triggers this like 
breakdown of Rachel because one, it's bringing back old memories of when she got cheated on. And then it's, and then now it's like shattering this dream of this couple that Mm -hmm. she thought was so perfect. And she was striving for that. Now this woman is cheating on her husband. So (laughs) she ends up, she ends up going to a bar and, and getting shammered with this and like meets this lady and ends up going into the bathroom and like writes like these X's on the mirror. And then she says out loud about how she wants to smash that woman's head in for cheating on her husband. That does not happen in the book. No, she does not get drunk at a bar. Right. (laughs) And do all of that. So the next thing we see is Rachel's on the train again. We're presumably it's probably that day or Mm -hmm. if not, the day after and she gets off the train and the redhead guy follows her supposedly um which again is not really how it happens in the book and she goes out into like the wood area yeah it's important to note this she gets off the train near um those two houses because we think that she's going to either confront this um, woman that she doesn't know right. <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. And, and so at this point she ends up seeing, you know, kind of in her blurry vision, this woman in a red coat. And then all of a sudden everything just goes black. So she wakes up the next morning at home and she's covered in blood. Her head is split open and there's a voicemail from Tom and Tom is like, what are you doing? You came over here. You were screaming at Anna, all this stuff, like this whole story. And she doesn't remember it right. because she blacked out. And this is what Tom is telling her that she did. So she ends up going to an AA meeting, which doesn't happen in the book. Right. She like <laughs> never goes to AA No. Um, but we see another flashback of a party uh, when her and Tom were still together and It's at his boss's house. And this is where we meet Martha, his Mm -hmm. boss's wife. And we see her at this party making a huge scene. She's drunk. She ends up making a scene at the party. And then they go home that night and she gets in a huge fight with Tom and she swings a golf club at him. And, and we, you know, again, see how bad her alcoholism is in the, and I don't know if it's totally portrayed well enough in the, in the movie, because in the book, again, it's, this is what Tom has told her that happened because she again has blacked out and she woke up the next morning. And this is what Tom has told her that she did. And that's kind of how it's, how it was pretty much the majority of their marriage was she would have these episodes and then she'd wake up not remembering. But a key thing that is talked about in the book is that she is being told that she's doing all these things, but she doesn't remember. So she doesn't fully feel the like, um, the guilt, the guilt of doing all these things. She feels like she should feel worse about it, but she really doesn't because she right. doesn't remember it. Um, and the golf club incident is much more like played out in the book. And mm-hmm. so like that specific scene is something that really triggers something for right. her. So the next thing that happens is the detectives show up at Rachel's house and they tell her that Megan is missing. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, Oh God, like what? <laughs> happen like i don't know what's happening they end up finding out that rachel rachel was fired from her job they ask the detectives ask her about this like you were fired from your job for drinking and at that point kathy didn't even know her roommate didn't even know um in the book the cops don't know that they find out later like Like, rachel goes and tells them i thought 
Yeah, so originally she, like, lies to them and is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was on the train headed to work. Yeah. And then she feels guilty and she's like, oh, my God, this might blow back on me. So she goes and, like, tells them, like, yeah. just kidding. I don't actually have a job. I just take the train to work like I'm going to my work every right. day. <laughs> um, but at this point, Kathleen, like, she should, ends up kicking Rachel out, you know. And, you know, she basically is like, Sorry, if you don't have a job, you're not going to pay rent. So, like, you got to go. But so then at that point, Rachel, like, runs after the cops and is trying to tell them that, oh, wait, like, Megan had this lover that she was (laughs) with. Like, I'm sure it was. I'm sure he has something to do Mm -hmm. with it. So, which Which she doesn't do in the book. No. She doesn't go to the police. She goes to Scott, her Megan's husband. husband. Uh, So I thought that was interesting that they added that. Yeah. Because now we get a scene of Megan with her therapist Kamal again and she's like really awkwardly seducing Mm him um I mean I guess this is the best time to talk about this than ever but so in the book Megan and the therapist have an affair correct no because what you're reading in the book she keeps talking about some man but it's not the therapist he never crosses that boundary. They do kiss once yeah. when she goes to his house one time, but they don't actually have an affair. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they got that's they what, tricked me. They confuse you for <laughs> sure because they want you to think, or the author wants you to think yeah. that it's Kamal that yeah. she's having this affair gotcha. with. Gotcha. Um, so now at this point is when Rachel goes to see Scott. And she just kind of shows up there. In the book, she like writes him these emails. Mm-hmm. Like Basically a couple for, of them. Yeah. She's like, I'm, you know, I'm Megan's friend and from the gallery because she used to work in a mm-hmm. gallery. And I ha- I believe, I think I have some information that might be useful for you. And of course he's like, yeah, give me whatever information right. you have. So like on that pretense, she goes to his house instead of just randomly showing up. Yeah. She totally like inserts herself in, yeah. in, in both storylines. She inserts herself into this investigation. Um, but she ends up telling him, you know, about seeing Megan with the other man. And then Scott shows her a photo of, of the, of the therapist. And she's like, yes, that's him. I think in the, in the or in the book, it's the cops that show her the pictures. I don't think it's Scott that shows. He shows her some other guy, like their family friend mm-hmm. or whatever. She's like, no, that's not it. And then I think he goes back upstairs and finds another photo um, of the therapist. Gotcha. So now we get a flashback um, of Megan from two years or two months ago. And it's her in the, or her texting somebody saying, you know, where are you? And then the next thing we see is her having sex with somebody in the woods, but we can't tell who. Mm-hmm. But we're led to believe that it's the therapist. Right. <laughs> um, because the next thing we get is her basically forcing herself on him, on the therapist. And he, like, calls her crazy. He's mm-hmm. like, you're nuts. Right. <laughs> she also, at this point, has a flashback of something that happened to her in a bathtub. Right. Which we don't get just yet. Yeah. So, uh the therapist ends up getting brought into it brought into custody in the police for questioning um, at this point, because he kind of looks other than the husband looks like the best, you know, suspect mm-hmm. from what Rachel is telling them. Um, so Rachel ends up going back to talk to Scott because they end up releasing the therapist. Yeah. And she's like, why did they release him? It's gotta be him. Blah, blah, blah. Like, interjecting where she doesn't need to interject. <laughs> right. Um, but while she's there, when she's leaving, she ends up running into Anna and Tom because 
to remind you, they live right down the street. And she thinks at this point that Anna is the one that hit her that night. Like she's having these like kind of memories, Mm -hmm. like coming back, like, oh, I think it might be Anna who came over and hit me over the head that night. Um, And she was like seeing her get into Scott's car. So she's starting to get a little bit of the pieces. Tom's car. Tom's car. car, Yeah. yeah, Tom's car. Uh, And she's starting to get little bits and pieces back from that night. And while she's, you know, confronting Tom and Anna, Tom is like, you're drunk. You don't know what you're talking about. Like reiterating these, like, you don't remember what's happening. And she's like, no, no, I'm sober. Which is interesting because once this, like, when she inserts herself into the story, Mm -hmm. she's like, this is the most I've had to like, do something in a really long time. She actually stops like drinking Mm -hmm. as heavily because she's so invested in the story. So she ends up going to even go one step further to get herself involved. She ends up signing up for therapy sessions with, (laughs) with Dr. Abdick and she's doing it more to like get info. She wants to like find out what's happening, but actually really ends up getting therapy from him (laughs) and is probably good for her in the long run. Um, But (laughs) We see that Anna, the new wife, ends up going to the police to complain about Rachel. And she's like, you know, she's harassing us. She's calling us. And the police are like, look, you don't really have evidence of literally anything. Um, So sorry about it. So now Anna is getting all like paranoid Mm -hmm. about. Suspicious. Yeah. About what's going on. She's thinking that. Rachel and Tom might be trying to get back together. So she's trying to get into Tom's computer. And again, we miss a lot of the inner dialogue because at one point Anna's like, oh my God, I'm starting to act like her. Mm -hmm. Like I'm drinking wine. I'm being suspicious. Like doing all the things Rachel was doing. Right. You know? And so at this point, Scott just randomly shows up at Rachel's house. Um, In the, in the book, I think he calls her first, but Mm -hmm. in the movie he just shows up. Apparently that's the thing. They just like to show up randomly. I'm like, Scott, how do you even know where this woman lives? (laughs) Like you would never know where she lives but um he comes over there because the reporters are everywhere and he can't get away from them we then come to find out that megan was pregnant Mm -hmm. and because she it says that she had told the shrink that she was pregnant um in the i get what they were doing in the movie at towards the end in the book the first really the first real news we get about her being pregnant was after they found her body at this point, Mm -hmm. they haven't even found a body yet. Right. So that's kind of how they figure out that she's pregnant, right? It's not really the, in the book. I I think because they find her body is how they figure out she's pregnant. Right. Yeah. Um, so we have a flashback about a month ago and we see that Megan has gone. She went to, uh, Dr. Abdick's house and he's like, now you gotta go. But she ends up telling him this story. It's, it's basically what she needed to get out in therapy. Mm-hmm. And she was ready to tell him. Ends up telling him that when she was 17, that she got pregnant. And. By her boyfriend, Mac. By her boyfriend, Mac. And in the the way she kind of told it in, in the movie is that it was like, you know, we loved her. Like, it was kind of like this good thing. And yeah. in the book, it was like, they didn't even talk about that she was pregnant. Right. Because they were like, she was hoping it would just be not like it wouldn't actually be the right. case because they were both young. Well, she's she young, young. And they were living in really bad conditions. Like, they were right. not prepared to be parents. Because then she goes on to talk about 
they were living in this really awful cabin. There was one night she was there alone with the baby. It was really, really cold out and she couldn't get warm. So what she did, she got into the bathtub with the baby to warm them up. Well, she ended up falling asleep. The baby fell from her chest and ended up drowning in the bathtub. So it's this really awful, traumatic story that she ends up, you know, telling. And obviously that's going to like cause, you know, trauma to anybody. Uh, In the book, the the media actually finds out about this. Yeah. Well, through, I think, Abdick. Abdick's right. the one that tells them. But yes, and then it's like a whole media frenzy. And yeah. Like, they call her a child killer. Yeah. Clearly, and... um, Scott didn't know anything about this. So, right. So, like, it comes as a huge shock to him. But one thing about that scene... Um, they don't in the book they don't mention that she just like runs out into the wilderness like no. butt naked and i'm like why did we need that no that was like so unnecessary no, it did not need to happen um but yeah but it's important what i i was kind of confused why they didn't put that in the movie because in the book it was kind of a pivotal moment of how the media looked at her mm-hmm. because she was this lost victim who they didn't know where she was yeah. or anything but and then in the book when they found this out it was all like she got what was coming to her. She, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there was no one else no longer felt sorry for her right. that she was that she was missing at that point. So not sure why they left that out of the movie. But now we see that Rachel is back in therapy in real time. And she tells the time about that she, when she went to Tom and Anna's and she when she walked in there and she just randomly grabbed the baby. Um That whole thing is just really weird. Yeah, it's super weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Basically, she just goes into Tom and Anna's house. Anna's sleeping. She picks up the baby and, like, walks outside. And then Anna comes out, finds her, and then puts the baby down (laughs) and then runs away. Like, and it's kind of the story that comes up quite a bit in the book. Mm -hmm. I was happy that they didn't mention it over and over again in the movie. Um, But now we end up finding Megan's body. So we find out that Megan has died and she died from blunt force trauma to the head. So someone smashed her head in because if you remember, that is what Rachel had, you know, kind of said in her drunken stupor. What I thought was was interesting is in the movie, I felt like there were a, a lot of points where Rachel was like, oh, God could I have done this? Like, yes. was I the one that did in the movie in the movie? Mm-hmm. I didn't get it so much in the book at all. Like at any point, I don't, I didn't think that Rachel was like, oh my God, what did I do? No, I think she does question it a little bit towards the end when she's still trying to figure out like, why do I keep having these memories that I don't remember or these things that I've done that I don't remember? So she does, it's not as, like you said, prevalent in the Mm -hmm. book, um, but she does question herself a little bit. Yeah. So now we get a little bit more inner dialogue, not inner dialogue, but a little bit more about Anna and how Anna like kind of misses being the other woman Mm -hmm. in the relationship. And... I never feel sorry for the other woman. Like, never, ever. Um, But I do think there is something to relationships that probably start in in this way. Totally. Where the thrill of it is, you know, getting caught. It's Mm -hmm. not right. And then when you're actually with that person, you're like, okay, this is kind of boring now. I I don't... Well, the thrill of it is what makes you interested in the relationship. So, I mean, I cannot speak from that on, you know, from being in a relationship from any any right. of that but i would assume that that's probably the case for most yeah. people well and her whole like paranoia about possibly rachel mm-hmm. and, and tom getting back together it's always been said if he'll if he does it with you he'll do it to you exactly so. um so now now rachel goes home 
And Scott is inside of her house randomly. I'm like, Scott, I don't know how you get in. <laughs> and um, and that does not happen. It happens at his house. At his house. Yeah. yeah. He calls her and says, like, I have something important to tell to tell you. Can you come over? Right. And he basically is like, you're a liar. You're a drunk. Like, stay out of this. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, is this a good point to talk about how Scott and Rachel's relationship's a little different <laughs> in the book? I mean, yeah. So in the book, they actually, like, start to get, like, feelings for each other yeah. a little bit. Like, there is that sexual tension. They actually do have sex at some point in the book. Yeah. Um, he ends up, like, in- immediately regretting it the next morning. Right. He's like, what did I just do? Um, so, yeah, th- it's much more, like... Um, there's much more like convoluted situation happening in the book than yeah. in the movie where it's like much more cut dry, cut and dry. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's a perfect description. Yeah. Cut and dry with those two. Yeah. No gray area. Yeah. He all. also at this point mentions that, um, that Megan's baby was neither his or Kamal's or Dr. Abdick's. So now we're talking about a completely third, third different guy. guy. And another reason why Scott's upset is because the cops are now looking back at Scott because they think that Scott and Rachel are in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So, and he's like, and in the book, it's kind of sad. Like he was like, could you imagine like us being a really like, look at Megan and look at you. Like there's no way. And I was like, all right, that's a little uncalled for. Right. Exactly. Come on. But, uh, Rachel ends up going after he shows up at her house. She actually goes to the cops to report Scott and is like, he did it. Mm-hmm. He definitely did it. And they're like, no, he has an alibi. He definitely did not do it. Um, but the cops think that, you know, at this point, Rachel is still cons- possibly a suspect. And the cops even think like, you know, maybe she did do it. Like, yeah. you know, we can't rule her out yet. Yeah. Well, cause it's talked about a lot in the book that, Everybody knows that Rachel was in the vicinity the right. night that um, Megan went missing or, or died, basically. Right. So that's why she's a prime suspect because it's like, well, yeah, you say you were there to talk to your ex-husband, but like, right. what were you really doing yeah. there? So now we get a flashback to the week before Megan went missing. And we see that Megan is calling somebody um, about to tell them that she's pregnant because she just found out. And... We now get the scene that Rachel saw from from the train when she saw her and Dr. Abdick on the on the patio or the deck because he comes over and he hugs Megan and he kisses her on the forehead in a super platonic way. Yeah. And that's what Rachel saw. So they were not in a relationship any of that. It's all about angles. <laughs> right, right. Um so Rachel's now on or Rachel ends up seeing that red haired guy again from the train and she ends up confronting him and being like, okay, bro, like you've been staring at me for weeks. Like what in the world happened? Mm-hmm. Evidently he lives in the vicinity of where she had gotten off the train that night. And he had seen that she was, f- that she had fallen and he tried to help her up. And she basically told him to F off. <laughs> and that's really all he saw. Right. And that was it. And that's really the end of the whole red haired guy. Yeah. yeah. He, um, in the book, it's like they like ran into like he was drunk that night too they meet each other on the train they're both drunk they're like let's go party let's go have fun i think they go to a bar and then they end up like separating yeah and then later on in the night he sees her again and this is when she has like she's fallen down and he's trying to help her and she's like get the hell away from me and then when he sees her again he's basically like you probably don't remember we were both kind of drunk yeah she's like tell me what happened because i can't remember and he tells her kind of what he knows but he 
he doesn't know the whole story. Yeah, it was his character was quite a bit different in the yeah. movie. So Rachel ends up packing up all of her things from Kathy's house again, and she gets back on the train. And she ends up seeing Martha, Tom's boss's wife, mm-hmm. and she goes up to her on the train and she apologizes to Martha like, hey, I remember the last time I saw you. I was at your house. I made that giant scene. I'm so sorry. I don't remember any of it. Um, Tom told me that I smashed a plate, like just apologizing. And Martha's like, you didn't feel good that night. You laid down and Mm -hmm. Tom took you home. Like none of that happened. Right. So and at this point, Martha then tells because because Tom had told Rachel, like, I got fired because of the scene you made at that party. Martha ends up telling her that the reason Tom actually got fired is because he couldn't keep it in his pants in the office. Freaking Tom. That does not, that whole scene does not actually play out in the book. No, she kind of comes to realize that Tom's kind of feeding her incorrect information just by her own, like, understanding. She starts to realize, like, maybe these, like, memories that I'm like yeah. missing out on are not actually memories. Maybe they're just things that Tom has been feeding yeah. this whole time. Well, and she has this one, she, it, it almost seems like as she's kind of getting a little bit more sober, she's, and she's like, I remember that night with Martha and Martha at the end of the night, she goes, I, rem- I have this dream of her just holding my hand saying, let's do this again, mm-hmm. like in a nice way. Right. And then I think that's when it snaps like, okay, Tom, is the one who has been acting this way because now we get a scene of Tom that same night smashing the golf club Mm -hmm. against the, against the pictures. And Tom is the one who is making this scene. Right. So that's the big aha moment of, all right, Rachel's not as, she might be a drunk, but she's not this mean drunk that Tom has pegged her to be this whole time. So now we're in Tom, Tom and Anna's house and Anna ends up finding a phone inside of Tom's briefcase. In the book, it's like his gym bag. Mm -hmm. He like left to go to the gym, but didn't take his gym bag. Red flag, girlfriend. (laughs) Um, But she ends up seeing all these messages about meeting up with somebody. And in the, in the, in the book, the messages are way more cryptic. They're just like, times and places right. like there's no she, there's no way to, for her to like figure out who is talking and what's happening right so anna actually ends up calling you know the phone and or the voicemail of that phone come to find out that that's actually megan's phone mm-hmm. not tom's phone and she freaks out and she throws it over the yard oh you know <laughs> throws it over the fence in the yard i'm like girl that's evidence what right. are you doing <laughs> Um, but also like, I probably do the same because I, because right. at that exact moment, the light turns on and Tom wakes up. So she's right. panicking. That's true. So now we see that Rachel has actually gone back to the tunnel. She's going back to the scene of the crime and we come to find out she's getting her memory back. Come to find out that the woman in the tunnel that night was not Anna that she thought it was actually Megan and mm-hmm. Megan was there getting into Tom's car. And at that point, Tom got out of his car and hit Rachel to the point where she was bleeding and fell down. Mm -hmm. So Rachel's like, Oh my God, like Tom did it. This is the big aha moment. If you haven't figured it out, Tom is the one who was having an affair with Megan and he's the father of the baby. Yes. He's the one that killed her. All of this. So Rachel, you know, is racing to get to Tom and Anna's to warn Tom about, you know, to warn Anna about Tom and like, get her to leave in the in the book 
you get this like strong sense from Anna that like Anna wants does not want to be categorized like Rachel is. Mm-hmm. I thought this was kind of a neat moment, not a neat moment, but just kind of a different way of looking at it where Anna's like, I know what my husband is doing is so wrong. He's cheating on me. He potentially killed this woman, but she has so much hatred towards Rachel right. that she doesn't want anything in common with her in any sort of common ground yeah. that she doesn't even want to like fathom that this could be happening to I her. I know this part actually frustrated me in the book. I was like, girl, she's trying right. to help you right. and you're like, you want nothing to do with her. Right. Listen to her. Right. And unfortunately we really didn't get any of that in the movie. There's none of that kind of struggle. Yeah. The only um, thing I think is like, she's like, yeah, he's the one that killed her. And she's like, there's no way, there's yeah. no way that he like, I accept the affair, but I definitely don't accept that he killed her. So while, so Anna and Rachel are in the yard trying to talk this out at this point, Tom comes out to the yard and pulls Rachel inside at this. I think when Rachel initially goes over there in the book, she's Tom's not even there. Mm -hmm. He like shows up afterwards, but Anna tells Tom at this point, like I found your phone or I found the phone. That's Megan's. And and then Rachel starts, you know, saying the other th- that she had seen them together in the tunnel. So, you know, his story is starting to crumble. Right. So Rachel dials 911. In the book, she doesn't even get to the point where she gets to dial. He, right. like, kicks her in the back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, it's, it's really, like, graphic. Not graphic, but it, like, made me flinch. Um, and Tom ends up, like, throwing a drink in her face. And he smashes his glass on her head. Like, it's very dramatic. <laughs> um, which does not happen. He kicks her in the in the book, but um, does not do this whole, you know, pansy, let me throw a drink in your face <laughs> moment. So now we get a flashback of Megan getting into the car with Tom. and The night of the crime. The, the night of the crime. And they go to the woods because women are sometimes they don't think things through and maybe (laughs) telling your, you know, side piece that you're pregnant in the woods where no one's around might might not be a great idea. Not the best idea. Maybe not. But she tells him that she's pregnant and he's like, all right, get an abortion. He's like, congratulations. Get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she basically, you know, then starts, you know, aggravating him and provoking him. And he pushes her down. She hits her head on a rock. He continues to kick her and she keeps fighting back. And I'm like, stop talking, stop talking. And then he ends up taking a rock and smashes her head in. Very graphic. Yeah. Awful. In the book at this point, I think I told you about this, where there was a moment in the book where I thought that Anna was just going to go along with all of it or Mm -hmm. Anna knew about it. Yeah. Because she kind of just goes into the house with Tom and kind of almost screws Rachel over in the process of trying to get to catch Tom. Yeah. Um, it doesn't actually play out that way, but right. I was like, Ooh, that would have been a good twist, you know? Um, I would have been even more infuriated. I know. So now we're back in the house. Tom is now choking Rachel. She's on the ground. Um, she ended up smashing his head with a vase that she can reach. Um, but we see that there's this corkscrew on the ground 
And well, she um, grabs it from the fridge as she's running to the door. I didn't even yeah. see that. I, I was like, ooh, because in the book, um, she her back is to a drawer, and mm-hmm. obviously she's been in this house for you know. She's like, I wonder if they've changed anything. So she yeah. actually like puts her hand into the drawer behind her, and I think finds like a screwdriver or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the movie, it's like a corkscrew that's on yeah. the fridge, and she grabs it as she's running yeah. towards. The it door. is a corkscrew in the book too. Oh, it is. But that's so funny. I did not catch that. Yeah. Good eye. Um, so. She ends up running outside. And I was kind of sad, though. In the book, you know, it had the ominous stormy night. Mm-hmm. It's pouring down rain. No, it's a beautiful day in the yeah. movie. <laughs> like, Middle of the day. Right. It's beautiful outside. Um, but, yeah, so they're outside. Tom is running after her. And she kind of gets a little bit of distance from him and then comes back and just stabs him in the neck with the corkscrew. Ooh. I'm like, ooh to the jugular like what a way to go man like if that was my murder weapon that would be it of choice a corkscrew well yeah i mean we we do love our wine i know and then like i said anna has my favorite moment of this whole story she goes and walks up to tom and you're like okay she's gonna try to save him no she freaking takes the corkscrew and screws it in (laughs) even further just for good measure just make sure he's definitely dead yeah in the book they end up telling like they tell the police that anna tried to stop the bleeding and that's why the blood was all (laughs) over her i shouldn't be laughing but it's like he deserved it right uh but the women end up going to the police to make their statements because tom had did not survive the corkscrew massacre um and anna vouches for rachel and vice versa um and so that's kind of how, you know, that, you know, Tom is the killer and now the killer's dead. Uh, Rachel ends up going to visit Megan's grave um, and she looks so much better. She looks like the Emily Blunt we all know and mm-hmm. love. Um, and then we see her on the train again and she talks about how she doesn't look at the houses anymore and she sits in a different cart on the train and her life is now, now she can move on with her life right. after all of that. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more of a like happy ending in the movie. Like yeah. in the book, it's much more like she's still struggling, but like yeah. she's trying to like, you know, like you said, like get past it and move on. Um, but I do feel like it was much more like, okay, now we're, you know, happy and we're, everything's fine. Yeah. And I'm clearly not an alcoholic anymore. Right. Like, I'm yeah. like, mm, I don't think it's how it works. Well, but. yeah. And they even <laughs> talk about how in the book, how the houses are, they're dark because they're being sold. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. it's kind of this, you know, dark feeling at the end of the For book. Sure. Um, but that's how both stories end. I mean, can you say that the book, that the movie stayed true to the book? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really major that was changed. Yeah, that would have I changed agree. the storyline. Um, this one's tough for me. Mm. Book or movie for you. So I know I mentioned at the beginning, I guessed the plot twist, the right. fact that it was Tom probably about a hundred or so pages into the book. I was like, okay, it's pretty, I'm pretty sure it's going to be yeah. him. That being said, I still really enjoyed the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that's why I'm still going to go with the book in this case. I do think the movie did a good job of kind of portraying, you know, everything from the book. But the book was really gripping for me. And I liked yeah. that we got more of the inside dialogue of the three women right. as they're kind of going through this. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the book. I'm going to, too. Yeah. I actually really, I really enjoyed this book. And I didn't guess it as quickly as you did. <laughs> but I still figured it out before the yeah. end. Well, like, it's pretty impressive for a book for me to figure out a book and still enjoy it because I, you know, the writing was good and like it was still, um, it ended in a good way. So, um, I'm glad that you also liked the book. Yeah. And I think there was just, there was some inner dialogue that I really enjoyed. Not Mm -hmm. so much that the movie needed it, but I just thought it added to the story. For sure. 
All right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboovygirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we do have, um, or we are on Patreon. We have a couple levels. Um, We have our rom-com level that gets you our episodes 24 hours ahead. You also get access to our Karen reviews. And then our drama level gets you what I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in a future episode. And you also get access to our bonus content, including our movie serials episodes. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls. And up next, we are going back to YA. And we are doing Everything, Everything, which is my type of book because there's a bunch of pages with like one sentence on them. (laughs) Getting through it quick. Um, But I do like, I like the... um, the actors that play in this movie. So I'm yeah. excited to watch it. I haven't read the book or watched the movie. I really only know it in the reference of like the preview of the movie. Right. I remember it was like everywhere. Um, so I am interested to see how this one goes. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>